Well, it's a great pleasure just to be able to share God's Word with you this morning. And for those of you that are visiting, I want to say great to have you. It's wonderful to have Marco and Goethe with us, friends that we met from Estonia. And uh, anyone else that's visiting this morning, great to have you as well. Um, I'd like to speak to you today about the perfect Christmas. The perfect Christmas. And uh, I'm going to start by reading out Romans chapter 3, verse 20 through to verse 26. If you have your Bibles, if you want to join in reading with me, it simply says this, Paul writing to the Romans, he says, For by works of the law, no human being will be justified. Andy, great to see you. I just noticed you now. Welcome, you and your family. Andy is uh, part of this church. He's now living in Romania with his dear wife and your little one. So let's just welcome them as well. It's great to see you guys. eh? Let me start again. Romans 3, (laughs) verse 20. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus for all who believe. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus for all who believe. For there is no distinction... All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance He passed over our former sins and it was to show His righteousness at this present time so that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. We are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus to be received by faith. I want to read one other portion. You don't have to go there with me. Hebrews 10.14 For by one sacrifice He has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. By one sacrifice He has made perfect forever those who that are being made holy. Um, I'd like to uh, just start this morning by reflecting on the last month. Uh, we've had been on a journey as a church through what's been expressed through the preaching and through the uh, other expressions of worships that, that we've had, the nativity, the carol service, and uh, all through those things, we've tried to look at the Christmas story from different angles. And I just want to remind you of a couple of things. Remember, Andy Ollerton started three weeks ago in a very humorous way, speaking about the Magi and their role in um, the Christmas story. And he asked this question, is it possible there could ever be three wise men? And all the ladies said, yes, we agree with that. Uh, isn't that an oxymoron, wisdom and men put together? Um, surely, surely their wives bought the presents and uh, the, 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 they took the credit, as men generally do. And remember, his simple, his simple encouragement to us was, Let's seek the presence of God this Christmas, not the presence. The presence of God, not the presence. And then Tim, after the nativity service, in a wonderful way, reminded us that Emmanuel, God is with us. And that means that God is with us in every aspect of our lives. Um, our joy, our pain, every good thing we experience, every bad thing we, we experience. And he reminded us of us to reflect on that at this Christmas season and what that means for us. And then last week I preached on the miracle of Christmas and I just said a very simple thing to you. 
that the, the, the greatest mystery of the Christian faith is not about the miracles, the virgin birth, the resurrection. Those things have caused people to think and debate for centuries. But the greatest mystery of the Christian faith is what we celebrate this morning. And once we understand what we're celebrating this morning, the, the, the miracle of Christmas, that God was incarnated, came in the flesh as a human being, that puts paid to all the other objections raised about Christianity. Because if you believe the creator of the universe came and, uh, and humbled himself and lived as a baby, then problems with the resurrection, the virgin birth, miracles, they cease because it's the creator of the universe who's living with us. And so those things don't matter anymore. And I reminded you of John Wesley, who famously said in his hymn, Our God contracted to a span, incomprehensibly made man. That is what we believe as Christians, and that's what we celebrate this morning. That uh, the mystery of the gospel is that for our sake, Jesus, who was rich, became poor. He laid aside his power and his glory, and he humbled himself that we might become rich in every way. And so I gave you some simple encouragements how we can best live our lives with that same spirit of Christ, the spirit of Christmas every day. And um, I really ask you to continue to reflect on those things as we continue to celebrate for the next while. And all of those messages are available on the podcast, and I encourage you to refresh yourselves and listen again. And with that as a context, I want to speak to you this morning about enjoying the perfect Christmas and uh, Jamie Oliver has some ideas about the perfect Christmas meal. Jess, if you can put them up for me, please. Uh, that's the perfect uh, roast turkey, I think it is. He has a, another one. Jesse, are they in the right order? I can't remember. Uh, there's some perfect roast vegetables for you, according to Jamie Oliver. And uh, there's the perfect... No, that's a turkey. The first one was a goose or a duck. And this is also roast lamb, if you prefer. I don't know what you're going to have today on, um, for Christmas with your family. But I do know this, that... At this time of year in particular, the pressure to be perfect can increase. Would you agree? The pressure to be perfect would be increasing. And all of us can go through this kind of process in our minds. We want Christmas Day to be really special and absolutely perfect with our friends and families because we so seldom get together with each other. And so we imagine the perfect celebration in our minds and we put our best effort in to make it happen. Can you identify with that in any way? And we go through this kind of process. We think of the particular individuals in our family what they like and what they don't like. And we spend hours and hours shopping, if you like my wife. Although you're very good this year, not, not too much. <laughs> hours and hours and hours shopping to get the perfect gift for that person. And we plan the perfect Christmas Day meal. Uh, we scour the internet. We look at all the recipes from our favorite books or our favorite celebrity chefs. And we look for that something extra that's going to make our Christmas meal. It's just going to give it an extra kick and make it especially, especially special this year. Or we try and choose the perfect Christmas card. Or we write the perfect family letter. And maybe as I'm speaking today, you can identify with some of these things. But I want to say this to you. This is what I've found over the years that I've been on this planet. Our happy attempts lead to discouragement sometimes and disappointment when our ability to imagine perfection exceeds our ability to deliver perfection. Have you noticed that? That's, this is what I mean. Our carefully, thoughtful, chosen gift 
receives only a half-hearted thank you for the person that we gave it to. And something in our hearts goes, ah. The perfect meal, lovingly planned, every ingredient brought, brought thoughtfully through the happy madness of the day. Somehow it gets overcooked and it arrives at the table and it's less than perfect. We find a typo in our Christian, uh, in our Christmas greeting card after we've mailed it. Or like we did. We advertised one time on our pamphlets to hand out and another time on our webpage for this meeting. Imperfection. Our children start to fight over the toys that we've lovingly thought about for them. And they seem to want the gift that their brother or their sister's got more than the one that we give them. After a great meal, in the relaxed atmosphere of the afternoon, the adults begin to resurrect all arguments, and soon unresolved family issues resurface, and the family tension is there once again. <laughs> and so what I'm trying to say to you is that all these things can ruin our perfect day and spoil it, and in the end, we can have sometimes a sour taste in our mouths and have the day feeling not quite like what we wanted. We wanted it to be absolutely perfect. And I might have put a whole lot of things all together in one this morning, but surely you can identify with something that I've said somewhere in your past Christmases. You know something of what I've said is true. And I'm not wishing that on your celebrations today at all. I really hope that every single family will have a perfect celebration today. But I do want to encourage you with this. Whatever your extended family situation is, and I understand that many of you don't have families that are cohesive. All of us have brokenness in our families, and some families are more broken than others. I understand that. I understand that some people's personal situations are incredibly complex, living with different um, combinations of mums and dads and fathers-in-laws and son-in-laws, and there's broken relationships in families. I understand that. I really do. But can I encourage you with this? That we can use our disappointment to remind ourselves of why the reason of Christmas is so important. This is what I mean. We need Christmas because none of us, including myself, can ever be all that we want to be, not for a month, not for a week, I put it to you, not for even one minute of any day. Can you fully be all that you want to be? And how much more meaningful will our celebration of Jesus and His birth be if we would just give up our notions, our faulty concept of perfection, and focus on the perfect one? Focus on Christ, in whom we are made righteous. There is a perfect one who has made sacrifice for us once for all so that we might enjoy a relationship with God and with each other. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus for all who believe. There's no distinction, Romans says. All have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. And He has justified us all by His grace, as a gift. That is the best gift that you and I could remind ourselves of this Christmas. That there is grace for us in our imperfection. I love good food, and I do my best to make good food. But you know what? I often don't get it right. And sometimes that's disappointing. But 
I remind myself this morning together with you, there is a perfect gift of grace available for you and available for me. And that gift of grace came to us in the form of a baby. Will you come this morning and worship? Will you open your heart to that gift of grace that is available to you? It's free. It's a gift. It's the best gift you could ever want for your life. And Hebrews reminds us, Hebrews 10, 14, that He made us perfect forever to live by faith in the righteousness of Jesus. And you and I get to walk through this life with grace flowing out of us by faith as we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you this morning, as we think about Christmas once again, will you reflect on that for your own life? Will you draw near with a worshipful heart to the the gift of Christ, the gift of God's grace to us? And will you open your heart and worship this Christmas time, this Christmas morning? Will you meditate on those things for the rest of this day as you celebrate together? So I'm going to ask the you just, for a moment, just take two minutes. You can close your eyes, you can stare into the, into the distance, whatever you want to do. As long as, I just want to ask you to meditate on these simple things. What expectation do you have for this Christmas day? As you leave, what expectation do you have for yourself, for your family? Is it realistic or is it idealistic? Just take a moment to think about that. What can you do, secondly, to focus more on Jesus and the meaning of His birth? The meaning of grace come to us. How can you better understand that for your own life? How can that help you to interact with your family in a little bit more of a kind and gracious way? I'm going to pray and then I'm going to ask Ed to lead us. In one uh, song that I've particularly felt as I was preparing to, um, to finish with this morning. But I'm going to just pray. Father, we want to thank you for Jesus. We want to thank you for who he is. We want to thank you for that gift of grace, the perfect gift that makes us righteous. That gift of grace. And we want to draw near as your sons and your daughters with hearts that worship We want to remind ourselves that we need your grace desperately in our lives every single moment of every single day. Thank you that you are the perfect one. Thank you that we do not have to labor under any toil of perfectionism in our lives because you have already made us perfect. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for kindness. And as we go and eat and drink and celebrate with our families, we pray, Lord, for a great time of celebration. And whatever our family situation, we remind ourselves of you, the perfect one, who has made things perfect for us because of your obedience. And we rejoice with grateful hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen.